0: Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey, and you know, I wasn't planning on doing a second show this weekend, but I'm doing this by the seat of my pants, and I was just inspired to do it, so here it is. It's kind of a bonus episode, but it is a full episode of Rock Strikes 10. It's a subject I feel very strongly about, and I'm not going to do this all the time, but I think it's kind of cool, you know, I'm going to celebrate a birthday here for a particular artist, and by doing so, I'm going to prove to you out there that I can play ten songs by the same artist, and you will still feel a high sense of variety. You are going to hear a lot of variety of music styles on this episode, because I'm going to celebrate the birthday of Alice Cooper here today. I can tell you for sure this is going to be a yearly thing, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Alice Cooper might be my overall favorite artist, singer, showman of all time. I think over his career, a very storied and definitely Hall of Fame-worthy career, he's done every type of style of rock and roll that you possibly can, and I'm going to focus on that. I'm sure there's some of you out there that your only exposure to Alice Cooper is a couple of songs that Classic Rock Radio will play. They will play No More Mr. Nice Guy. They will play Schools Out, and maybe occasionally they will play I'm 18 still. And there's some of you that may just know him from Wayne's World and Feed My Frankenstein. Not one of his better songs. Not really one of his songs anyway. But there is so much more to Alice than just scratching that kind of a surface there is so much to do in his catalog. He's got, uh, God, I think he's up to about thirty studio albums at this point, something like that. Actually, more than that. It's like thirty plus, thirty four, thirty five, something like that. Should have done that count before the show, huh? But like I said, last minute inspiration. Let me just cut to the chase here. I'm going to play you ten different songs from ten different Alice Cooper albums, and that's only a, a, you know, just a percentage of the catalog. You know, basically a third of the catalog. But these are ten of my personal favorite Alice Cooper songs. Uh, you know, not, Maybe not my top ten of all time, but one to focus, like I said, on the variety of styles. Uh, I'm going to start off with a nice opener, good show opener here. This is one of my favorites. This is a very uh, bare-bones, basic Alice Cooper song, but still a lot of layers in it. Uh I like this one a lot and uh, you know, as true to the tradition of Rock Strikes Ten we're gonna play non obvious songs. So here you go, this is the kickoff song. This is from the last temptation album, I believe that was from nineteen ninety four. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> this is Alice Cooper with Sideshow. that was sideshow and that was from the last temptation album, his 20th studio album that did in fact come out in 1994 great track that's the kickoff to the last temptation album as well that's uh one of his concept albums based around the steven character which uh is most famously known for being the character in the welcome to my nightmare album one of his biggest albums of all time and they use steven also in the go to hell album and then they brought him back for this last temptation thing, and uh, it, definitely a lot of morality play going on. Of course, Alice is—you know—most people know he's a pretty devout Christian, so there is a lot of morality play, good and evil, in his latter-day work. But it doesn't make him preachy albums per se. It's just you know some cool theater there. And he did a last temptation, brutal planet, dragon town. That's kind of a trilogy of Alice's morality play concepts. So, but still, the music on it's great. You know, it's gonna be just a big love fest here with me and Alice for an hour. So come with me. This next one, speaking of concept albums, this is one of, I think, one of the best concept albums ever, and doesn't get a ton of recognition. But there's so many cool variables that went into this particular album. In 1979, Alice put out an album called From the Inside. From the Inside is, uh, it's a piece of fiction, but it's also based off of Uh, reality alice uh, when he went to kick alcohol for the first time 1978 or so he literally committed himself to an insane asylum Uh, this was in the days before the betty ford center and big celebrity rehabs and stuff like that alice uh you know had himself committed (laughs) so he's a I, i read about this all in his book and everything and it's pretty well documented in interviews but he went in there and you know. Did it to kick the alcohol, which he did temporarily, he only had one relapse in his life. So good for him. He's been sober since 1984, 1985, something like that. And he, you know, he hasn't relapsed since. So yay, Alice. But he got. But you know, going back to when he committed himself. You know, of course, if you are going to take residence in an insane asylum, I'm sure you will meet a ton of interesting characters and did not isolate himself from the rest of the pack. He just uh, went in there full blast. And from the inside, each song on that album represents a different person that he met in the insane asylum. And, you know, there's a few autobiographical songs on there, uh, you know, about three or four, I think, but everything else is about a different character. He met from the inside basically and this is one i guess he met somebody who blew all his money on the tracks and at the gambling tables this is uh, a song from this album from the inside this is one of my favorites and uh i'll tell you about the guest stars on it when we come back this is a really fun rocker this one's called (laughs) serious
1: That's surreal.
0: Serious, from the album, from the inside, 1979. Uh, that that was a different sound for Alice, you know, after he got sober, but it's it's really interesting. He used David Foster, super pop producer. David Foster as producer, and he co-wrote the entire album with Elton John's songwriting partner, Bernie Toppin. So every time I hear a lot of those songs, I always wonder what it would sound like if Elton had done them, and I think he could easily have pretty much done that whole record, so... Uh, it's pretty cool that Alice was able to use Bernie in that way and, and write something with a lot of meaning around it to him. So, And uh, he even got some of the guys from Elton's band to play on it, like uh, Davy Johnstone plays all of the guitar on the album for the most part. And I know Steve Lukather uh, of Toto fame played guitar on that album as well, but the most of the guitar work on Sirius there was actually played by Rick Nilsson of Cheap Trick. So there you go. Tons of guest stars on that album. And a really cool record. Uh, there's a lot of, and yeah, you really meet the interesting characters for sure on there, so go check it out. All right, next track. I'm just going to keep uh, plowing through here. Uh, the follow-up album to From the Inside, 1980. Yes, people were, used to put out records every year. It, what a thing it was, and sometimes even like every six to nine months. That's another reason why, you know, 70s, early 80s, that's why that's my favorite time period because uh, bands, if you were a, a band or singer you were usually very prolific in putting out an album every year and your fans could count on you doing that i love it so here you go 1980 rolls around he does a completely different sounding album from the previous one much like alice does like to do here and there uh it's 1980 new wave is king so (laughs) you know alice was always such an innovator but you know he has been known to uh follow the trends here and there but i think to great effect and i the From the Flush the Fashion, 1980, the Flush the Fashion album, really cool. Used Roy Thomas Baker as a producer. He produced a lot of records for Queen, and I know he worked with uh, the Cars and stuff like that. So you hear a lot of Cars influence in there, of course. Uh, his early 80s new wave albums, are, I really think they're really underrated, completely underlooked. Alice is at the top of his game lyrically pretty much throughout his entire career. And I believe even when he put this particular song I'm going to play you here on his box set, I think he actually said this is his favorite lyric that he ever wrote. And I tend to agree. This is basically him writing the song from the perspective of what you feel like when you get hurt, no matter what level it is. So, simple enough, this song is called Pain. that was pain by of course alice cooper from the 1980 release flush the fashion alice even cutting his hair for his new wave go around and he did four of those kind of records uh really new wave oriented like nervous rock as i like to call it iggy pop did a lot of those records too in the early 80s so everybody was going that way hey <laughs> so go check that record out he also does a cover of the Music Machine's Talk Talk on there. And uh, Clones is also on there. That's another one of my favorites. So, And I didn't put Clones on the show because you you can buy the best of Alice Cooper, and that's on there, which I'm glad it is. But I wanted to play something maybe you hadn't heard. Payne, the genius lyric right there. Alice proving to be a genius lyricist time and time again. If you don't believe me, ask Bob Dylan. He'll tell you the same thing. So... Moving on to the next song. I'm going to go with an epic pretty early on here in the show. This is a song by the original Alice Cooper group. The first lineup, Alice, Michael Bruce, Glenn Buxton, Dennis Dunaway, Neil Smith. In my opinion, probably the greatest band ever assembled, period. I'll put them up against any band ever. Beatles, Stones, Ramones, anything. I just think they're genius. They... They could do no wrong. (laughs) The albums they put out speak for themselves. You should go check them out. Especially, like, basically, like that four in a row. Like, bands can have those runs of releasing four just classic albums in a row, like what the Stones did between 1968 and 1972. Those first four Ramones records, you know, the first four Zeppelins. I mean, Love It to Death, Killer, School's Out, and Billion Dollar Babies. I'd put those records up against any of those albums. They're. They're just five stars across the board. I'm going to play a song from the Killer Album, 1972. 71, 72, you tell me. They were putting out records at a breakneck pace. This is in my top five favorite songs of all time, if not my favorite. There's so many time changes on it. There's so many different moods. This song shows just how great the alice cooper band was in one song it's going to take you about eight minutes to do it but check it out it's a quick eight minutes this is halo of flies Halo of Flies by the original Alice Cooper group from the album Killer. There's not much else I can say about that. I think that song completely rules. So now that you've gone through that track, I'm going to dial it down a little bit. Going to have a fun little laid-back ditty here. This is from the Muscle of Love album. Uh, still the original Alice Cooper group, this album came out in 1973, it was at the end of that big four album run, and they actually switched producers, they had been using Bob Ezrin, who was pretty much the sixth member of the band who defined their sound and really helped them get to that next level. For this album, I don't know why, and I, I think he's a great producer, but they got Jack Douglas, who produced uh, you know the early Cheap Trick albums, and he was working with Aerosmith a lot at the time. So I think they got more of kind of a basic sound, less theatrical. Uh, it wasn't a very well-received album compared to those other four, but I still think it's got a lot of great songs on there. In fact, it was hard to pick a song for it. I, I really wanted to play Hard-Hearted Alice as well off there. It's a great song. But I, I wanted to play this. This also shows off the variety of the Alice Cooper sound. It's A lot of Dixieland influence on here and, you know, very... You know depression era jazz you know that kind of stuff real laid back kind of stuff so here you go i like this one a lot this one is crazy little child crazy
1: little child never got to see All the pretty things in life Had him put away Nothing they could say Could ever make the pieces say. Oh, well, Daddy O was rich Mama was a bitch Living wasn't easy in between Behind the sound screen With Jackson and his team was planning his escape. He was a crazy little child. He rolls at the playground. He the face to watch the blue sky. Oh, why those his friends? And when I talked to them, they said, Jackson Boy, they'll get you by and by. Take patience to Desperate. Jackson the ropes out on the street, little candy stores just picking locks and doors, it's practice for a two-bit, which think? trigger or a blade Well I'm the stickiest head around And yeah, Ritz in the eye once over then a smile Yeah I got something in mind If you meet me here in two I think you like the view of that long green when you crack that safe tonight He was a crazy little child Best he wants to prescribe. Winers were his friends. And when he talked to them, they said, Jackson, boy, they get you by and by. That's right. Well, I'll wait for you outside. And I'll be a your eyes. And boy, you just slip in here and bring out all that loot. But Ritz was taken by surprise. A couple of unsuspecting guys. And they left. Or Jackson. Inside. Bullets start to fly, lay down on the floor with a smoking forty four, he said I must admit the winos will rise. Right.
0: That was Crazy Little Child by the original Alice Cooper Group. From the Muscle of Love album, 1973. Proof that there were some great gems on that record. You know, I think Radio only played the title track off of there, but there's a lot of good stuff to be had on that record. As there was on the next album I'm going to talk about here on the show, uh, an album called School's Out. Of course... uh, Probably Alice's biggest single of all time. I think it went to number two in the States, number one in the UK. Schools out is the Alice Cooper song. No doubt about that. And uh, it's it's weird because, you know, they only put out one single for that entire record. I guess the song had such longevity they didn't even bother putting out any follow-up singles off the album. So, therefore, a lot of people don't really know the rest of that record. But that is... You know, like I said, it's so even keel with those big four albums that he did. This is just an insanely good record. It's probably the one I'd play first for anybody because it's just that good. So, uh, keeping with the theme of the last one, a little laid back action. This is uh, even jazzier than the previous one. You're going to hear it a lot on there. Another great way to show off the original band. Michael Bruce playing some nice piano. That could be Bob Ezrin, but I think it might be Michael Bruce. I'm not sure. They both played piano on the, the records quite a bit. Dennis Dunaway gets a show off a little bit, a little laid-back bass lines. Check it out. Kick back for this one. This one is Blue Turk. <laughs> Cooper with Blue Turk. You can find that album on the School's Out record, which you should have. That's that's all there is to it. So, gonna move way down the line from that era all the way to 1991. Gonna play a song off the Hey Stupid record. This is the most epic power ballad probably of all time. <laughs> And it's funny because the power ballad was king during, you know, probably between 85 and up until about 90, 91. I mean, the power ballad was the thing for any rock band or hard rock band. And Alice wrote this song with Dick Wagner, who wrote a lot of songs during his classic era. Uh, Dick's a great songwriter. I mean, hell, he helped him write Only Women Bleed. This, This song... This is another one of... It's definitely my top ten Alice songs. I gotta say, it's its a power ballad, yes, but it's so epic. It was like... It's almost like it was too good for radio. They didn't even release it as a single. I don't know why. I mean, maybe they the label wanted them to cut it down, because it's a seven-minute song. I'll just tell you right up front there. It's a seven-minute song. It, Like I said, the most epic power ballad of all time. Hell, it's got a double chorus. <laughs> it's so good it has two choruses and uh, yet it doesn't seem bloated it's it's, it's very cool, very organic at the same time yes it is slightly overproduced but this kind of song really needed to be so check it out this is the ballad of uh, the night this is Might As Well Be On Mars
1: Trying to call you on the telephone I left it off the hook just to hear it ring You told me you were bad live across the
0: might as well be on mars from the 1991 record hey stupid and that kind of continued on alice's comeback that he had in 1989 with the trash album there is a boatload of guest stars on that record uh some of the guys of motley cruz slash ozzy osbourne joe satriani i'm leaving a ton out but there's a lot of people on that record uh that's my favorite song on the record but it, it, it's funny, it didn't do as well as the Trash album. The Trash album did really well, but I think Hey Stupid is the better album of the two, so go check it out. Uh, it's very Sunset Strip sounding, but Alice, with his brilliant lyrics, really uh, you know put it a notch above the rest, I think. Speaking of insane lyrics, this is just kind of a... Uh, I don't know, like a just a brain flow. You'll know what I mean once you hear the song. Going back to the original Alice Cooper band, another one of my all time favorite songs by him. This is from the Billion Dollar Babies Record. And the Billion Dollar Babies Record is so vast and varied. Uh each song is completely different. Uh this is one of those reasons why. Check this one out. This is another fun, lighthearted fair, but very busy lyrically. This is generation landslide Alice showing off on the harmonica there by the way. That was Generation Landslide from the Billion Dollar Babies record and uh, there's a good release of Billion Dollar Babies which there should be more of these for his catalog but there's a nice two disc deluxe version of it on Rhino Records. I think every one of his records deserves the double disc treatment for the most part. That's a cool package. It's in a kind of a snakeskin wallet kind of thing going on so go check that one out. Billion Dollar Babies. And I remember Alice saying in an interview, you know, back in the 70s when they were doing all those old records, you know, they were all partying with, uh, you know, their friends, rock star friends and whatnot, and some of the guys in the band claimed that Ringo Starr and Mark Bolin of T-Rex played on some stuff on Billion Dollar Babies. It's just that they were having too much fun and the beer was flowing and, no one really knows who played what on those albums so they never credited the guys but they swear that there's some performances on there by those guys and you know i know rick derringer played some solos in some of their early songs so you know it's kind of cool you know like not knowing thinking that maybe somebody's playing on this or not and you know that the mysterious factor of it all i think that's it's kind of cool would be Maybe somebody will come forward someday and actually have logs of who played on what, but, you know, time will tell. Little fun facts there. (laughs) Um, These last two songs of the night, uh, like I said, another really great way to focus on how great of a lyricist Alice was. But uh, you don't have to be serious to be a great lyricist, and this next song is definitely an example of that. It's a very weird song. It's... A song about a very common man who works, uh, you know, like, uh, who works on buildings, you know, like a man's man. Uh, by day and by night, he's a cross-dressing, big film fan. And I, this song always cracks me up. There's a ton of great classic movie references. And uh, I had to put it on here because, like I said, it shows off the humor in addition to the great lyrics. And just the banal arrangement. Here we go. This is from the Lace and Whiskey album. This is King of the Silver Screen. say after that that was king of the silver screen by the man of the hour alice cooper from the lace and whiskey record uh that's a cool record that came after welcome to my nightmare and alice cooper goes to hell like his initial solo albums when the original band broke up and yeah i i really like that he claims that lace and whiskey is probably the drunkest he's ever been in his life and he doesn't remember recording a whole lot of it but there's some Fun stuff on there. And there's one of the examples. So there you go. King of the Silver Screen. Lace and Whiskey. That was 1977. Going to move all the way up to 1983 for the last song of the night. This song is is very deep, very heavy, very epic. This is one of those great Lost Alice Cooper songs that needs to be heard. I post this song a lot. And it's... It's crazy, it's uh I don't really know what to say about it. It's very dark, and you know it kind of ties in more with his image and stuff like that, but it's it's even darker than that. It's like the tragic side of life, but it's it's just such a it's got such an appealing arrangement on it too, so you you be the judge. check it out. This is the closer song from this album called Dada that he did with Bob Ezrin, who. He hadn't worked with Bob Ezrin in a long time until he, uh, like, it was... Bob Ezrin hadn't done an album with him since Lace and Whiskey, actually. So it was a good six years before they worked together, and they came up with a really cool record. Dada is very cool, funny, ironic, and dark at the same time. It's one of those... It's one of those. It's probably one of the more interesting albums I think he's ever put out. So uh, this song will give you a great indication as to why... Like I said, this is the closer from Dada. This is Pass the Gun Around.
1: Sonny wakes up in the morning feeling kind of sick. Needs a little stolen vodka, needs it really quick Sees a little blood run from his eyes Feels a little hotel paralyzed Watching cartoons, the television's on There's a couple of party balloons and all my money's gone She was just a reason to unwind, and actually the last thing I could find.
0: the gun around from the 1983 record dada hope you enjoyed that as dark as it was uh, i hope you've enjoyed this entire hour of alice cooper songs i i hope it was nice and painless for you i hope you learned a thing or ten let me know whether or not your opinion of alice cooper has changed for the better or worse because of this show I'd love to hear from you the way you can do that is to go to cnjradio.com On the Rock Strikes 10 page, find the link to the Facebook, the iTunes, where you can subscribe and leave that comment. Send me an email, joey at cnjradio.com. Like I said, let me know what you thought of this show. You know, Hell, I am going to make a yearly thing out of this. I am going to make a big deal on Alice's birthday every year because I think he deserves it. He's got a ton of material that you need to hear. And like I said, I feel very strongly about it, but I hope you're along with me on this one. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you recommendations. Send me the email. Like I said, let me know what your favorite songs were, your least favorite songs, things like that. Uh, I'm recording the show late at night, but uh, like I said, very inspired, very last minute, kind of by the seat of my pants. But just letting you know, I am planning on doing the Van Halen centric episodes for next week. So you're going to get another two episodes. So what, what does that make about? You're going to get four episodes within a week. So I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> So, like I said, I hope you don't mind me doing these artist-centric episodes, especially if I'm giving you, uh, you know, a big variety, which I love to do. Thank you so much for tuning in here tonight. I'll see you on the next show. Thanks a lot. Bye.
1: Why must I be